think we should ever make a good memory again before we take the thing home to the ends of government. Welcome to Simply Bitcoin Live, your number one source for the Bitcoin revolution. We cover the Bitcoin news, the culture, the memes, the fails by the government's central bankers, all of it. Today we have a very special show, very, very troubling development. Uh, U.S. sanctioned, the U.S. Treasury, specifically the Office of Foreign Asset Control, sanctioned uh, open source software. Uh, it's never happened before that what they've done before in the past is sanction specific addresses, specific individuals, but they've never sanctioned tools, right? So this is the first time, very scary stuff. We're going to talk about the implications of that long term, if and how it affects Bitcoin. But before we get to that, I want to say hello to my co-host. How you doing, Opti? What's up, Nico? How you doing today? Uh, very excited that you guys can see me in uh, 1080p. I got my camera working. We are looking good. I didn't really do my hair, as you can tell. I tried to, but hey, it is what it is, Mama Nika. We're making it worse, but we are good to go. Let's get into this show. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, guys, let's get into the show. I think you guys will like it. Anyways, Opti, it's time for... Time for number time. Brought to you by Noddle. They make some of the best Bitcoin nodes like the Noddle One, the one I'm holding in my hand. Run your own version of Bitcoin Core, the Lightning Network, Whirlpool, and Dojo, all from the comfort of your own home. Remember guys, if you don't run your own node like the Noddle, you're using someone else's. And now, if you are a digital nomad, you have no excuse because the Noddle guys just released Noddle Cloud. Run a Noddle through a virtual private server. Visit Noddle.eu. All right. All right. All right. All right. Opti, I know, is a little bit upset because I haven't made the corrections yet on it. I'm going to get to it. Um, anyways, at the time of this recording, the Bitcoin price is at $23,070. Sats per dollar, $4,335. Block height, $748,714. Reachable Bitcoin nodes, $13,162. Percentage issued 91.03%. It's crawling up slowly. Blocks of the halving, 91,286. Having estimate April 20th, 2024. Total Lightning Network capacity 1,349 Bitcoin in, in fiat caca value. That is $31 million. Hopefully that continues to go up. Hash rate. 208 exahashes annual mining revenue 14.2 billion dollars that is a lot of incentive for miners to mine bitcoin and in the process they make bitcoin harder to computationally attack anyways today i want to talk about free speech why am i going to talk about free speech free speech is the front line it's the front line of defense against bitcoin i'll put it to you this way if Governments don't allow you to say certain things. What makes you think they're going to allow you to transact with whoever you want? I think that's one of the fundamental issues. And what we've seen over the last two years is the accredited class, the credentialed class, the so-called experts, their so-called betters been absolutely taken to school by the decentralized hive mind that is the Internet. And of course, like all bureaucrats, instead of 
saying, okay, this is a technological innovation that is helping everybody, millions upon millions of people talking amongst each other. What they're doing is they're doubling down and they're saying, you can only trust the credentialed class. You can only trust us, us experts with information. And the developments is definitely frightening. We saw earlier on this year, thank God for the First Amendment in the United States. This got overturned, but the Biden administration tried to establish the Ministry of Truth. The Disinformation Governments Board already looks like a partisan instrument. This is an article by the Wall Street Journal. This is in Europe, right? This is 2022, strengthening strengthened code of practice on disinformation. To read the announcement says such commitments include demonetizing the dis the dissemination of guaranteeing transparency of political advertising and enhancing cooperation with fact checkers. Guys, think about the last two years. How many times have the fact checkers been wrong? How many times have they deplatformed people because they are going against the official narrative, the official party line, right? Anyways, moving on. This is an article by Protocol, and it describes what the code is, This the, the European Commission's long-awaited code of practice. It says, the code, which was developed by 34 signatories, including Meta, Google, TikTok, and Microsoft, is essentially a list of disinformation fighting practices tech companies can employ if they want to demonstrate they're at least trying to mitigate risk and stay in compliance with the Digital Service Act in Europe. Again, so you can only trust, you can't trust what your eyes see, you can't trust what your own common sense sees, we, this government bureaucracy, want to tell you what we believe was right and what believe is wrong. And how many times has that been abused over the last couple of years? And anybody that goes against the official narrative has been deplatformed, ostracized, villainized. This is where they want to take this. They want to take it to the point that you can only get your information from official sources, from fact checkers. But those are the same official sources that told you there was no inflation. Um, there was some inflation. Inflation was temporary. Inflation was caused by Putin. These are the same people. These are the same people that are redefining what a recession is. These are the same people that want you to trust them. And... Let's talk about what happened, right, um, a couple days ago. This is a video from, from the word that I can't say on YouTube, 1984. And this is the prosecutor against Alex Jones. Now, here's the thing about Alex Jones. He's a very divisive person. I don't agree with 50% of what Alex Jones says. However, I might not agree what you have to say, but I will die defending your right to say it. That's the, these are the principles of Bitcoin. You might not agree with someone else and how they're transacting, but right, they're going to transact. It's the money of enemies. So like I said, the fight for free speech is the fight for Bitcoin. And here is a prosecutor. I'm not even going to, let's see what he has to say. Let's see what his solution is for Alex Jones. Let's see what he wants to do for Alex Jones. Mind you, Alex Jones, whether you agree with him or not, has a huge audience of people that want to see him. But again, here you have someone trying to take his ability to speak. You might not agree with him. You might not agree with his politics. I surely don't. But hey, anyways, let's check out this video. I ask that with your verdict, you not only take Alex Jones' platform that he talks about away. I ask that you make certain he can't rebuild the platform. That's what matters. 
take him out of this discourse, of this misinformation, of this peddling of lies, and make sure he can't do it again. That is punishment. That is deterrence. Misinformation spreads six times faster than the truth. That's what we heard on that stand. And I believe it. Alex Jones found a way to monetize that. Boy, did he find a way to monetize it. And in monetizing that, he made a wealth, a huge... So, um, anyways absolutely dystopian stuff um let's talk about the first amendment right um in the united states specifically the founding fathers found out early on that free speech was vital for a functioning government a for a functioning form of democracy because what tends to happen is the person that gets to decide what is fact what is misinformation usually becomes tyrannical and you can't the people that are also the official party sources they're reputation and their performance on what is true what is not over the last two years has been absolutely taken to school like they 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 have no they have nothing behind uh to hide behind but they still want to force you the individual to trust them at their word and how many times have they broken that trust over and over again? And it's a very scary time that right now we're in a moment in history where there's a prosecutor that, fine, he's representing people that are suing Alex Jones because he said this, because he said that. It doesn't matter what he said. Let people decide what is true or not. Let people decide to come to their own conclusions. No one, even your worst enemy, should be deplatformed. No one. Everyone should have the right to what they think is right and let the free market of ideas decide what idea is good and what idea is bad. Because I'll tell you this, there's no group of elites or bureaucracy that could do a better job disseminating information than millions upon millions upon millions of people coming to their own conclusions. Again, this is an example of central planning, doing what central planning always does, coming up short and failing. Anyways, Opti, what are your thoughts? Man, this is that that uh the persecutor against Alex Jones. Like I like what the fuck? They're just blatantly talking about deplatforming him like he's spreading lies. It's like it, it's absolutely amazing that they can say this with straight face. Like what is going on? It, it feels, I say this all the time, it feels like we are in peak clown world and then every every other day we get like, it just keeps climbing even higher and it just gets more dystopian and more authoritarian. And it's, these people are psychopaths. I know I say that all the time and Nico thinks that I'm crazy when I say that, but I think it's very obvious that these people could care less about you. They wanna, they wanna corral you. They wanna make sure that you can't understand truth, that you don't even speak truth, that you're so afraid of the consequences that you are not going to propagate the truth. And it's absolutely disgusting. Like, this is why we Bitcoin. This is why we have the meme that Bitcoin is fuck you money, because they can't stop you and deplatform you when you build your platform. Like, this is absolutely crazy. Say what you want about Alex Jones, but yo, he's been right a lot before the legacy media. And it's like, Hey, 
I know he says some crazy stuff and he's got some crazy sound bites, but dude, he's been on it for a long time. And you can, you can tell that they're afraid of spreading this message when they are coming this hard at someone like Alex Jones. We tell you all the time, legacy media is failing and they are trying to find any way possible to stop alternative news sources. But you guys are on YouTube watching Simply Bitcoin. You guys are on Twitter learning the truth. You guys are spreading the truth amongst friends and individuals. And they can't stop the truth. They will try and push even harder but the truth is like a ball underwater. It will pop up eventually. And we're seeing this happen. Like, holy fuck. It's just, it, it's mind blowing that we've gotten to this point in society. And I just feel that, you know, the pendulum swinging back the other way and it's going to swing very violently. And man, I'm just glad I'm on this side of the truth. That's, that's all I'll say. Anyways, Nico, go on. Yeah, no, I, dude, it, it, it's absolutely true, man. The pendulum in the 1950s, right? We were living through the McCarthy era in the United States, and it was specifically the right censoring the left. And now what we're living through this moment in history, it's really the political left trying to censor the political right. But what the case that we're trying to make you as Bitcoiners is no one should have the right to censor any other person. Like, let the free market of ideas, the free flow of the ideas get to decide what information, what, 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 what information is more valuable than the other. Let the free market decide and disseminate that by itself. We don't need a group of so-called bureaucratic elites getting to decide that for us, right? And the reason I wanted to bring up that Alex Jones, for an example, is you see the prosecutor right then and there literally saying, we have to deplatform this man. That is the equivalent of burning books in the 21st century. That is the exact same thing. And nothing good leads down that road. It doesn't matter how evil is the person that you think you're deplatforming. It's, it's, it's a very, very, very slippery slope. And again, you can't be for that and be for Bitcoin because Bitcoin works very similar to the First Amendment, right? Anybody could use it, right? It's anti-censorship resistant. It is called the money of enemies. If you're in Iran that's sanctioned by the U.S. government, you could use Bitcoin. If you're in the U.S., and you're sanctioned by Iran, you could use Bitcoin, right? So again, the fight for free speech is the fight for Bitcoin. Fight for free speech is the front line of the battle of Bitcoin. So we must call it out. We must defend it and we must do what we can. Anyways, let's move on to the news. It's time for the daily news brought to you by CryptoCloaks.com. They make some of the best 3D printed Bitcoin merch like the famous 3D printed Bitcoin grenade toy comes in any custom color your heart desires. That's right. You want it in Peter Schiff colors? Yeah, it comes in gold. And you can take advantage of the promo code down below to get 5% off. If you're in Europe, the European store is now open. Check out CryptoCloaks.com today. All right. All right. All right. All right. So talking about spe free speech, let's check this out. Very, very troubling development. This is Roman Semenov. And he was building Tornado Cash. Tornado Cash is an open source privacy tool. And this is what he tweeted. He says, my GitHub account was just suspended. Is writing an open source code illegal now? Very scary stuff. Let's, let's look into more information. This is an article by Coindesk. The headline says, crypto mixing service Tornado Cash blacklisted by U.S. Treasury. The Treasury Department has banned all Americans from using 
decentralized Bitcoin shitcoin mixing, or it's just a shitcoin uh, service, by the way, decentralized crypto mixing service, Tornado Cash, the Office of Asset Control. That name sounds very familiar. Let me give you guys a... Uh, an example, right? This is Marathon, Marathon Mines, first OFAC compliant Bitcoin block. Remember that, guys? When the US government, through the Office of Foreign Asset Control, put pressure on Marathon and Maripool to start censoring Bitcoin transactions. And in the process, what they're trying to do eventually is they're trying to make Bitcoin an extension of the current exclusionary tyrannical system we have today, a system that says, that 50% of the world is unbankable because of the place they happen to be born in, right? This is the same system that created so much red tape that people don't even feel like opening bank accounts. And if you compare that with Bitcoin, Bitcoin only requires you to download a Bitcoin wallet. So anyways, this was back then. Marathon, a North American-based mining company, has mined the first Office of Foreign Asset Control compliant Bitcoin block yesterday. Basically saying, we mined uh, a Bitcoin block that was approved by the U.S. government. The U.S. government has such a great record, right, of human rights and invading Afghanistan, invading Iraq, invading Vietnam, killing a ton of people. Yes, let's give these bureaucrats even more power. Anyways, moving on. Tornado Cash has been a key tool for the Lazarus Group, a North Korean hacking group tied to, to the $625 million march hack of Axe Infinity's Ronin network, according to the Treasury Department. Now, that's the excuse, right? That's the excuse. You need a boogeyman. If you don't have a boogeyman, then you can't start censoring transactions, obviously, right? So remember what I told you guys about Bitcoin being the money of enemies, right? Anyone. That's the beauty of Bitcoin. Anyone could use Bitcoin. Now, am I advocating for North Korea? No, not necessarily. It's a very totalitarian country. But what I'm trying to say, very similar to free speech, is that you either pick a group of people to get to decide who is entitled to use money or not, or everyone's allowed to use money. Very similar with free speech, right? That's why the First Amendment takes it doesn't it takes away the right the, the sorry it takes away the government's ability to to uh, police what is free speech and what is not free speech. Because the founding fathers in the United States specifically knew how that was going to be abused. And I think they were right. Look, 250 years later, and you have, you know, the Biden administration trying to create a thought or a speech police. So anyways, moving on. This is the response by Coin Center. U.S. Treasury sanction of privacy tools placing sweeping restrictions on all Americans. And you might be thinking like, oh, what else? hold on a second. That's a shitcoin service. Guys. You're missing what the implications of this are. And this article does a very good job at talking about that. Tornado.cash, the website and associated Ethereum addresses, have been added to the OFAC, Office of Foreign Asset Control, same office that pressured Marathon Pool to censor Bitcoin transactions, the list of specially designated nationals with whom Americans and American businesses are not allowed to transact. What does this mean? in practice. It means no American could spend or receive money to or from those addresses without violating sanction laws. What is the OFESDN list typically meant to do? In general, it is a tool to identify persons involved in terrorism, enemy states, or other state-sanctioned activities and ensure that these individuals cannot get the benefit of the U.S. financial system. How is adding tornado.cash to the SDN? list different from past OFAC sanctions. Smart contract is a robot, not a person. 
It is software that resides on the Ethereum blockchain. If a contract is cre uh, credibly decentralized, then the original authors of that contract could be hit by a bus and the service would continue to work. As such, today's action does not seem so much as a sanction against a person or entity with agency. It appears instead to be a sanctioning of a tool that is neutral in character and that can be put to good or bad uses like any other technology. Do you understand the implications of what I just read? How long until they say Bitcoin and the open source of it is dangerous because it facilitates transactions that the United States government does not approve of. Because that's where this is going. And this is setting a very dangerous precedent. And if the US government was really concerned, why didn't they sanction specific North Korean members or North Korean people or, North, or the North Korean government? What they did instead is they said, we're going to sanction this privacy tool. And what that does is it sets a precedent for the future. It labels a certain privacy tool dangerous and therefore American citizens can't use it. This is just a tool. It, it would be the equivalent of saying we must ban all guns because some guns are used to kill people. Therefore, we have to get rid of them all. That's the same type of logic in this. It's just a tool. Anyways, um, it is not any specific bad actor who is being sanctioned, but instead it is all Americans who may wish to use this automated tool in order to protect their own privacy while transacting online who are having their, their ability curtailed without the benefit of any due process. Even when Bitcoin addresses have been added to the SDN list in the past, the rationale for those additions is that they are under the control of persons who are engaged in sanctioned activities. Again, here you have this government bureaucracy escalating it once again. And the address is simply another alias for the person. If it was the Treasury Department's intent to sanction some groups who actively maintain or promote Tornado.cash, that would be one thing. This SDN entry, however, merely identifies a URL and a series of Ethereum contract addresses. Sanctioning a tool that is not an alias of any person meriting sanction is substantially different from typical usage of the SDN list. It is a ban on a technology and not a sanction against any person. And again, here you have an abuse of power. They're using North Korea as an excuse to ban a certain technology. And this sets a precedent because in the future, and I'm going to show you, right? Bitcoin and U.S. sanctioned policy, current uh, sanctioned policy does not commingle. Bitcoin facilitates anybody to use the Bitcoin network to transact with anybody their heart desires. All they need is the corresponding private key of the Bitcoin that, of which they want to spend, right? So you see where this is going. Is a very, very, very dangerous precedent. Anyways, even worse, because of the nature of blockchain transactions, an American who has sent money through the tornado.cash address is not, evil, is not even able to reject the transaction and yet may be at that moment technically in violation of OFAC rules. That's right. What happens, and this is already starting to happen from, you know, a little rumblings that I've heard on Twitter, is that the actions that the the addresses that have so called been uh, the, the the addresses that are so called clean are being sent dust from the blacklisted addresses. So it, it's like you can't control this. And again, why are they doing this? Because they're trying to force 
the old system of control and exclusion on top of the new system, on top of Bitcoin, on top of the shitcoin network. You see where this is going. The writing is on the wall. Anyways, we are looking at the legal and constitutional ramifications at first at first pass it's worth noting that under berkeley versus vallejo and citizens united versus fec limitations on spending money raise first amendment concerns because spending is necessary to support and communicate political speech in sorrel versus ims health inc the court went went so far as to invalidate a state law that made the buying and selling of prescription drug information for marketing purposes illegal on First Amendment grounds. In this case, this law are being used to create a limitation on spending money, not merely a person who has been found guilty of a crime or even suspected of terrorism. This is a limit on any American who wishes to use her own money and a freely available software tool to maintain her own privacy, including for otherwise entirely legal and personal reasons. And now this, they know that. These people are not stupid. What they're trying to do, and you saw that, let me pull it up, you saw that with this, right? With the OFAC compliant block, is they're trying to make Bitcoin, I'm gonna keep repeating this, into an extension of the current system, the current politi politici politicized financial system. The US government has weaponized the US dollar and it's taking advantage of the fact that it is global reserve currency to control other countries by controlling the money. Now, the problem is that with Bitcoin, they lose a lot of that power. So right now, what I believe this is, is it's setting a precedent for the future. How long until they come out perhaps a couple years from now and say, hey, the Bitcoin GitHub, it was used by the Iranians. It was used, Bitcoin was used by the Iranians. Bitcoin was used by Russia, Russia, Russia. Can't have this. Can't have American citizens using that, right? This is what they're doing with this. It starts off with this small, insignificant privacy tool that none of us use because it's for a shitcoin. But the significance of, of this can't be overlooked. Anyways, moreover, while limitations on speech are often constitutionally applied after the fact, prior restraints on speech are typically unconstitutional. OFAC sanctions, unlike a defamation claim, operate as a regime of strict liability, meaning they're, meaning that no prosecutor or judge needs to make any public showing of fact to adding name to the same person's list, and transactions with anyone on that list are banned, a prior restraint, irrespective of the specific details of any particular transaction or the motives of that transacting person. The constitutionality of that regime, as is typically applied, has not, to our knowledge, been challenged on First Amendment or due process grounds. This particular usage of OFAC in constitutional concerns because it is, again, not a ban on one non-U.S. person's ability to use the financial system. It is instead a ban on effectively every American's ability to use a particular open source software tool. Bitcoin is open source software. And you're still not convinced. This is this came out today. Iran places first crypto funded import order ten million dollars. Iran registered its first import order to be paid in Bitcoin or shitcoin since the government strapped for foreign currencies due to sanctions amended digital assets legislation to allow locally mined cryptocurrencies to be used for purchases. The order is valued at ten million dollars. The report cited a tweet from Alzira Penman Park, 
an official of the Ministry of Industry, Mine, and Trade, which said that by the end of September, Iran's use of cryptocurrencies and smart contracts will be widespread in foreign trade with target countries. Uh, Iran is one of the countries that is on U.S. sanction list. So how long until they say, hey, this Bitcoin software can't, can't do it because, you know, uh, it's sanctioned, right? And again, they're, they're not using those sanctions to go after specific individuals. Now the U.S. government has set a precedent where they're using sanctions to go after specific open source software. And why are they doing this? Yes, they're using North Korea as a smokescreen. They're using this because they can't control Bitcoin. So again, they're trying to force a round peg into a square hole or square peg into a circle hole. I don't know. Anyways, you guys get it. Opti, what are your thoughts, brother? Well, I mean, I think you covered it really, really well. And this is definitely setting a d dangerous precedent for everything we're doing over here in, in the Bitcoin and, you know, by extension, the shitcoin space. But from my um, rudimentary understanding of all this, this, this is definitely looking like an unconstitutional clamp on, on free speech. And, um, you know, like just, I, I'm reminded of the story of Adam Back posting, uh, you know, software code on a t-shirt and traveling over uh, borders. And it's like, we've known for a long time that software is speech. So if they are clamping down, as Nico said, on the tools to, uh, you know, it's just software. And so they are definitely setting a dangerous precedent over here because as we're saying, software is speech. It's unconstitutional for them to crack down on software. And then furthermore, um, I was watching uh, the Peter Valkenborough, sorry for apologizing for uh, messing up your name, but um, he went over this yesterday and another aspect that I wasn't aware of is that anonymous payments for political campaigns it, or stopping anonymous payments for political campaigns is also unconstitutional. So we will see how this ends up, but it's definitely looking like what I just said a minute ago, that the authoritarians are leveling up the insanity right here. And also not to get too like conspiratorial or whatever, but the fact that we saw Trump's house raided yesterday as well on the same day, it's, I mean, it's hard to look at all the stuff that's happening and not see coincidences and, and authoritarian oversteps. So like the authoritarianism is escalating and we know essentially why is because they understand that they are losing control and they have to figure out a way to control you. And it's just, man, this is absolutely mind blowing to me that, that they can do this. And I mean, you know, say what you want about it being on ETH and a shitcoin and all that, but it's not looking good if this goes through and what that precedent would, would set for all of us over in Bitcoin. Like we say it all the time, man, like, Shitcoins make Bitcoiners look bad. And this, like, this is crazy talk to me. You know, like I said earlier, the, the news today is pretty heavy. But hey, man, we shall see how this ends. But they are reaching, guys. The authoritarians are trying to take all your freedoms one step at a time. And I think this is further proof that we are right about all this. Like, we are not just making this up. The, the proof is in the pudding. They, they want to control you in any way possible. And the first thing they can do is try to control your money. So, hey. This is why we Bitcoin. This is this is why we show up every single day to counter this FUD, because if who if we don't do it, then who else will? Because the legacy media is going to keep feeding you bull. So 
this is why we do what we do. But man, Nico, this is just crazy, crazy stuff here, man. Yeah, it's super, it's super crazy. Um, I'm, I, I think this is just round one. Now, one thing that I wanted to say about um, federal agents raiding the home of, of a previous president, that's never happened before in American history. Uh, that's something that you would see in, you know, in, uh, in developing countries. Um, but I, I don't want to get into the politics of that because we start to try to stay as neutral as possible on Simply Bitcoin. But we'll, I'll tell you this, right? Remember that Naim Bukele's government in El Salvador never raided the home of a previous president. And he never put the, the, the government of Naim Bukele also didn't put past cabinet members of the previous administration in jail either. So when they call El Salvador a dictatorship, remember what happened. Remember what happened. Because what I'm seeing, what I'm seeing here is the typical case of, of psychological projection. That's what it is, right? These people have nothing to stand on. The same as legacy media. They're standing on the coattails of the reputation that they've built up over the decades. But now in this fourth turning that we're experiencing, yeah, it's nothing but BS. It can't be that a couple of Bitcoiners on YouTube were more right about inflation and the recession than the whole credentialed expert class on legacy media. Something's really wrong there if that is happening. And again, is it because they're stupid or is it because they're acting nefariously? I'll let you guys be the judge. But anyways, Opti. It's time for the daily fail brought to you by swanbitcoin.com. Swan is the best place to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plans and instant purchases serving clients of any size from $10 to $10 million. They incentivize dollar cost averaging spread out that risk layer into bitcoin use it as a savings technology rather than speculation check out swanbitcoin.com today all right before we get on to the fail i want to let you guys know about pacific bitcoin november 10th through 11th it's gonna be the biggest largest bitcoin conference in the west coast today is the last day to take advantage of the simply bitcoin promo code to get 20 percent off your ticket right Anyways, let me go through some of the speakers. We have Corey Clipson, CEO of Swan. We have Jeff Booth, Dylan LeClaire, Pierre Richard, Mark Moss, Alex Gladstein, Guy Swan, and many, many more. Guys, get your tickets today to Pacific Bitcoin. Anyways, Opti, what do you have for Let's us Let's go. All right, guys. So I saw this article. It's making the rounds on Twitter. So I figured I should cover this. Anyways, as you can see, the headline says, Bitcoin and shitcoin markets have found a floor as anticipation builds that the ETH merge is viable in 2022, JP Morgan says. So I wonder what JP Morgan has invested in ethereum but let's just get into this so as you can see i highlighted a few a few points it goes analysts at jp morgan said there are two reasons driving the recent strength in the bitcoin and shitcoin market what has helped we think has been more limited new contagion from the collapse of terra luna okay maybe however we think the real driver has been the eth merge and positive data following the launch of the sapolia testnet in early july and ropston testnet in june indicating the merge is viable in 2022 remember we covered this a couple days ago that they have been moving back the merge date from 
I forget what the first one is, but now it's in September supposedly, so we shall see if they even hit that date. But anyways, the upcoming Ethereum event has been highly anticipated by investors. I wonder who those investors are. The merge is designed to transfer the Ethereum blockchain away from proof of work instead to a proof of stake system, which is supposed to be faster and more efficient from an energy consumption perspective when mining. Guys, we literally covered this yesterday in regards to uh, ETH and the Bloomberg article. They keep trying to do the same thing, make proof of work look bad, proof of stake look good because it's more energy efficient. So Let's continue down here. A successful Ethereum merge later this year should help boost sentiment in the Bitcoin and shitcoin markets. JP Morgan said the merge is currently expected to take place in September, depending how the upcoming Girorelli testnet performs. It's scheduled for August 11th, guys. So this is why you're seeing all these articles in the news on Bloomberg Business Insider right now in regards to Ethereum being the what was what they say yesterday, the the most ambitious project in the blockchain space. I wonder why all this PR is happening on the days before the merge because um, they got to pump the bags. Anyways, ultimately, the ongoing recovery of the Bitcoin shitcoin market could hinge on the upcoming ETH merge in the short term as Bitcoin and shitcoin investors look for a much needed boost in sentiment. So obviously, this is a Hopium article. It's definitely shilling ETH in, in positive light. And so... I just, you know, I had a thought like, okay, let me just check and see, you know, is there a connection between JP Morgan and ETH? Well, I found interesting, interesting connections. Apparently there is this enterprise Ethereum Alliance launched in February 28th of 2017. A newly formed enterprise collaboration drives ETH blockchain technology, best practices, focusing on security, privacy, scalability, ability. The Alliance seeks to augment Ethereum, enabling it to serve as an enterprise grade technology with research and development focus. Again, I just said that. The founding members of the Enterprise Ethereum Alliance rotating board include, there's a bunch of names here, but let me just pick out some of the names that I, that I am aware of. BNY Mellon, CME Group, Consensus, JP Morgan, Credit Suisse, INGs, Thomson Reuters, and EEA, the Ethereum Enterprise Alliance, will collectively develop industry standards and facilitate open source collaboration with its members base, as well as the Ethereum chief scientist and inventor Vitalik Buterin, and is open to any members of the Ethereum community who wish to participate. The Alliance project can play an important role in standardizing approaches for privacy, permissioning, and providing alternative consensus algorithms to improve its usability in enterprise settings and the resources the project and its members are contributing should accelerate the advancements of the Ethereum ecosystem generally, says Vitalik. I look forward to continuing to work with everyone involved. Key point there. Anyways, let's go on and continue. And I went, kept going down the rabbit hole and I found this other article and this came out in March 1st of 2022. Blockchain company consensus faces multi-billion dollar audit as shareholders claim board breaches fiduciary duties attributed to Arthur Falk. So on March 22nd, a group group of 35 former employees representing more than 50% of all known consensus AG shareholders filed a request for special audit pursuant to ART. Uh, 697A of the Swiss Code of Obligations. So they did an investigation and guess what? They found that on August 14, 2020, fundamental 
intellectual property and subsidiaries were illegally transferred from Consensus AG into a new entity, Consensus Software Incorporated, in exchange for 10% ownership of CSI and an offset of $39 million loan by founder Joseph Lubin. Internally codenamed Project North Star, the transaction resulted in legacy financial institutions such as J.P. Morgan Chase acquiring an influential stake in MetaMask and Infuria. Uh, smoking gun, I suppose, but let's keep going. Again, April 13th, 2021, MasterCard, UBS, and J.P. Morgan pour $65 million into Ethereum startup studio Consensus. Consensus builds cryptocurrency-related infrastructure, raised $65 million in funding from big banks such as UBS and J.P. Morgan Chase. Another financial giant, Mad also joined. So, guys, remember this bullish article on Ethereum. Why do you think that J.P. Morgan is bullish on ETH is because they have huge bags of ETH guys. Like we told you this in regards to Bloomberg and I, and I, I know I got some comments yesterday about me going a little wild in the fail section, but this is further proof that the legacy media does not have your best interest. They are literally funding the enemy of Bitcoin. They are putting all this bullish PR in regards to ETH, the ETH merge being, merge being the most bullish project and most ambitious project in the Bitcoin and shitcoin space. And now we know exactly why. So they are incentivized to push that narrative because they have bags of all the infrastructure in ETH. So they are incentivized to want to see ETH fucking pump, guys. I. What did we say before? We, we, we created a meme on here, and it's basically that, uh, you know, ETH is recreating the financial system on the blockchain. Oh, guess my camera wasn't fully set up, Nico. Wrecked. Dude, what the hell? What the hell? Oh, there we go. I thought I, thought I had it set up. Anyways, guys. This is absolutely insane. Look, this was making the rounds on Twitter like it was super bullish that JP Morgan see, says that, you know, the Bitcoin price floor is set. And we know what exactly they are doing. They are just trying to pump their ETH bags and say that, oh, the crypto market is set. The floor is set. We are about to pump because of the ETH merge. It's just a bunch of PR bull, guys. Like, this is insane. Anyways, Nico, jump in. I do have another fail in here if, if we want to talk about this. But yeah, what's got, your we, thoughts? We got time for another fail. Uh, dude, look, I, I it was like Corey Clipson said it beautifully. I said it in my, like, kind of Nico Jones way. Um, <laughs> Ethereum has no choice but to cozy up to this. Um, and Ethereum only relies on the marketing and the hype. And now they're clearly being pushed by legacy, the legacy media. And yeah, it, it, why are they pushing it? Do they actually give a fuck about the merge? No, they're just holding bags and they're trying to capitalize on the marketing, which is all uh, what, uh, what Ethereum is. There, there is nothing else. Um, so yeah, it, it, it sucks. But I want to go back to the first point that I was making is that Corey said this beautifully. I said this also that because Ethereum is inherently centralized, you're going to see this evil alliance between governments, institutions and all that to try to ensure the survival of uh, to, to, to try to ensure 
the survival of Ethereum through merging with these institutions and those institutions to try to remain relevant and to try to hold on to some of the power they once had, they will ally with Ethereum. Remember, in the eyes of Bitcoin, because of proof of work, because of the decentralized node network, because the resources, the, the, the resource requirement to run a, a node is so low, which ensures decentralization, what you have is a network that sees everybody equal. Sure, Michael Saylor might have more money to buy more Bitcoin, but he doesn't have more influence over the Bitcoin network. And that is completely different with different than something like Ethereum, right? And if you don't believe me, 2017, the fork wars were an example of what happens when the largest mining conglomerate in Bitcoin tried to take over Bitcoin and tried to change the rules of Bitcoin to benefit itself. But the users were able to successfully withstand that attack. And I think that was one of the biggest moments in Bitcoin's history, right? So yeah, it's a very striking difference with a centralized system like Ethereum. At the end of the day, it's estimated to between 40% of 40 to 50% of Ethereum nodes are run on AWS servers, meaning Jeff Bezos literally controls the Ethereum network. Um, and if you run your your node on on a server, it could easily be co-opted by a government, right? And you compare that with Bitcoin, that all you need is literally a $100 Raspberry Pi, and it's a very striking difference, you know? But look, at the end of the day, JP Morgan doesn't care about Bitcoin, doesn't care about Ethereum. What they really care about is to see their bags pump. So they're they're not allies. It's the same reason that Black, uh, BlackRock got into Bitcoin. They don't like Bitcoin. It takes power away from them. But... They're not going to miss out on that profit, though, right? So, anyways, Opti, I see you have a screen pulled up. Yes, Boom. this is uh, I, <laughs> this is everyone what everyone wants to talk about. So, let's get into this, and I'm sure we'll have a little discussion after this. Matt Carallo, he's a famous Bitcoin developer. He was known for being one of the youngest Bitcoin developers. He's been been around for a long time, and uh, he dropped this tweet. Or tweet thread. Sorry, I'm not going to read the whole thread. I'll just read the first one and then we'll get into uh, Nick Carter's response to it. And then we'll get some more responses and some things behind the after it. So first he goes, Bitcoin maxis are a dying breed. Why there was a time where everything except Bitcoin was basically a scam. That hasn't been true for a long time. And the smart money has moved on to figuring out which projects are going somewhere and which are straight pumping dumps. Okay, so yeah, okay. Sure. Then Nick Carter goes, brave and important thread from Matt. This is an important cultural moment. Okay, Bitcoin doesn't need me, but it does need Matt Carallo, Bitcoin's longest tenured and most prolific core dev. Well, let's get into some of this stuff going. Oops, I got it set up. I really like this tweet from Samson. I know Samson and Matt... Uh, Matt worked together at Blockstream, so I don't know what the beef is behind the scenes, but there seems to be some kind of beef behind the scenes. Anyways, Matt Carallo, he does a screenshot of the tweet, and then he goes, looks at his uh, his bio, and it says, mostly reposting at Suna. So then we see what at Suna is, and you can see that Suna Amahaz's vault debuts 59 million crypto fund backed by Mark Andreessen. So... I had to verify and yes it is there in his profile and i went to the you know who he is reposting this at suna girl and as you can see founding and managing partner at volt capital so i went down and i went on the site and you could see where i ended up 
our world-class backers, Chris Dixon, A16Z, Mark Andreessen, A16Z, Balaji, Srinas, Boston, Angel Investor. But if you remember Balaji, I will get into it a little bit. So let's just look at Andreessen Horowitz's, uh, um, oh, sorry, wrong one. Uh, let's look at this, this post right here by Brian Armstrong. It says, welcome Balaji Srinivasan, Coinbase's new chief technology officer. Balaji was general partner in Andreessen Horowitz before joining A16Z. So remember Balaji guys, he not only worked at Coinbase, but I couldn't find this on Twitter, but I found this nice little tidbit right here posted five years ago on RBTC, Balaji on block size. Probably most corporations and venture capitalists, Bitcoiners think the block size should be increased because Bitcoin network should handle a lot more traffic. So these are the people that are behind Suna full uh, fundraising. And these are the people that, you know, Matt is apparently aligning himself with. So remember all those, this, and I love this by John Carvalho. Remember all those Ponzi's that blew up this year and shit coins that died over the past 10 years. And those JP, those JPEGs people believed in, and all those A16Z pump and dumps. You need to accept those things until your life you big mean maxi or you will die and let's just continue on some more commentary i love what grubbles has been doing on twitter so i have to plug what he's been saying on the show good god not literally everything is a scam that is the biggest straw man sophists love to construct it is a common thing to say everything is a scam because it's a good safeguard for people who are not typically able to evaluate projects in a technical manner but the sad thing is there are so many goddamn scams that basically everything is a scam. Bitcoiners shouldn't have to say everything is a scam, but this is the reality altcoin people have built for everyone. It's not Bitcoiners fault that they are so utterly slimy and scammy, but it's the reality we have to live in. And just to continue, Jimmy Song tweeted out basically the same thing. Let me get this straight. There are $100 million exploits, $1 billion rug pulls, CBDCs that will get rid of cash forever, people losing their life savings on crypto scams, and somehow Bitcoin maximalists are the problem. And then one last, Nico, and then we'll jump in and we'll talk about it a little bit. This is from Tour de Meester, and he's... Uh, quote tweeting or screenshotting this guy Alexander Bernstein who's saying that Bitcoin maxis is a cult disgusting and plain vanilla stupid making us all little brain people and I love tours response because this is this is how I see it as well my take of Bitcoin maximalism is, is that it's a belief in a winner-take-all outcome of these monetary protocol wars and in Bitcoin's path dependence and network effects I don't see what's stupid or disgusting about that Oh my God, my camera, Nico, wrecked all day. I guess I didn't figure out the camera, guys, my fault. But anyways, let's get into this. Do you believe that Bitcoin maximalism is dying out there, Nico? Because personally, I see the opposite. I see way more Bitcoin maxis out there on Twitter. I see more people stacking sad. I see more people understanding that shit coins are a scam and all you need to do is stay humble and stack sats. Now, on the one hand, I definitely can, you know, see his point of saying that, yes, if, if, I, if I go down into the thread and you read the thread, he is kind of echoing something that I said last week is, guys, we need to push the things that we love and that we, we know to be 
the positive messages. I've been saying push the good word of Bitcoin because I believe that that is a better way to spread the message of Bitcoin. But do I believe that Bitcoin maximalism is dying? Is no. In my opinion, it is growing more than ever. More people are stacking sats, more people are saving in Bitcoin, and the message is spreading far and wide. Remember all the clips we've added about uh, the end the Fed stuff, the narratives going around in legacy media from from big alternative news sources saying the exact same message that we have been saying as Bitcoiners for years. Bitcoin is the way and the Fed central banks are the enemy and the powers that be want to control you. I fundamentally believe that more people are waking up to this narrative or this view that Bitcoin is the solution. And in my opinion, there's more Bitcoin maxis out there than ever before because there's more everyday people stacking. There's more people spreading the sound money gospel. And this is just a, this is just a huge coat because let me show you one of these uh, portfolio partners in Andreessen Horowitz. Oh, who do we have here? Dynamic. Remember the whole Nick Carter debacle and when he bleached his hair and he went full Britney Spears on us and, and caught it, started calling us Bitcoin maxi cult members. Well, guys, remember, just follow the money. Where is that tweet by Samson Mao? Follow the money, guys, and you will see why these people are spinning these narratives. And as I say, guys, as my mother always told me, tell me who your friends are and I will tell you who you are. We see what is going on behind the scenes. They are being funded by shit coiners. Hence, they have to keep us closed-minded Bitcoin maximalists far away from their narratives because Bitcoiners are bad for business. Bitcoin maximalists are bad for scammers because you guys call out the scams and Bitcoin maxis are the immune system. Yes, do we need to at times spread the good word of Bitcoin? Yes, but there is a time and a place for creation and destruction. So... Continue to be toxic, continue to call out scams, and as well, continue to spread the good word of Bitcoin. Anyways, Nico, what is your thoughts on this? You're muted. Sorry about that. There's a bot in, uh, in our chat. This is the first time this happened. Interesting. Um, okay, so what is my thoughts on this? Dude, remember what I said about projection? Um... Yeah, uh, I'm gonna just that's what I have to say about this, dude. Like, it's like, oh, you exposed my scam. Bitcoin maxis are bad, they're dying. My star is rising. Um, yeah, uh, look, I, a lot of people bash Nick Carter. I appreciate all the work he did against, you know, fighting the, the climate that he did a lot of good work with the climate stuff. So, I'm gonna acknowledge that. That being said, um, his behavior after his investments blew up because he invested in shitcoin companies uh, was unacceptable. It was just attacking maxis to attack maxis. Um, yeah, so it's just, man, I think it's a scapegoat. It's a scapegoat. Um, maximalism has saved so many people, noobs, from getting into the space, from getting absolutely wrecked. So I, I like maximalism. Do I think it's perfect? No. Does it, do we eat our own sometimes? Absolutely. Um, but 
It's an immune system, dude. It's the decentralized immune system of Bitcoin, of Bitcoin Twitter. Um, and I think it serves a purpose in all of this. So, yeah, man. I um, Good stuff, dude. Connecting the dots, to be honest. Good stuff, Opti. Opti's getting better. Everyone I'm doing better. Opti. I just want to say one, one last thing, Nico. Go ahead, Opti. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the toxic maximalists. Like, they... they open my eyes to what is going on here and yes some of them are crude and some of them are very disagreeable but that is a feature not a bug quit fucking with our money because it pisses people off this is the fundamental thing that these people are talking about just stop messing with the money and you won't get so many angry people like it's pretty simple yeah 100 percent. amen to that brother anyways opti literally my favorite part of the show let's do it Time for the daily meme review. Brought to you by Citadel 21. It's the best Bitcoin cultural zine. Stories, articles, comics by actual Bitcoiners. This is the artwork for volume 10. This is the artwork for volume 11. And this is the artwork for volume 2. Volume 2 is almost sold out because there's only a thousand physical copies made per volume. Get your prints of Citadel 21 today before they run out. Boom. All right, guys. We are here for the meme review. Of course, send us your meme review score in the YouTube chat so that we can talk about them after the meme review first and foremost we talked about the um inflation reduction act yesterday and i really love this this um this meme by our in-house researcher at pleb signal btc shouts out to you bro and <laughs> it's just hilarious Eight thousand irs agents my 601 dollars in my venmo account and if you guys know this is the oj cop chase classic moment in history and then just to further uh, make a point of how many people 8,000 IRS agents is, we found this tweet by Mike Solana and he goes, here is an 8,000 person stadium, the number of IRS agents Biden just forced you to hire. That's a lot of agents, guys. Wait, wait, that hold is... on, hold on a second. John says, Nico, how much you offering for my volume one? Brother, I have seven volume ones, dude. I'm good. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, sorry, Opti. <laughs> no worries. And then, of course, you know me. Sometimes memes are in word form, but I really love this right here. This by at Raheem Kasim. I don't even think he's a Bitcoiner. He's just a commentary. Oh, editor in chief of the National Pulse, and he goes, "Lamo, they just use your taxes to increase your taxes so they could hire eight eighty-seven thousand IRS agents to rifle further through your taxes in case you owe more taxes." It's a kleptocracy. Amazing. Amazing. And then this morning, I I uh, dropped the template <laughs> Tuesday. Dude, Classic template so Tuesday. <laughs> and I, I have so to plug Becca's version of this because it's yellows. Don't stop believing space docs. Might be inappropriate for youtube but amazing work Rebecca. amazing work wine you guys killed it today and then as we've been talking about matt carollo and nick carter i had to add this one in shouts out to ck snarks he goes none of us are important bitcoin does not care get over yourself but the meme is by Coinbits. they've been tagging us in really good threads and i saw this this morning and i thought this is the perfect meme and he goes unpleasant facts 100 Bitcoin is not about you. And they got Skeletor running. Ah, oh, man, I love that. Guys, this is literally why I wore the mask for the first couple episodes, because it wasn't about me. It's about the message. But now you guys know my face. So, hey, it is what it is. Now, the next one. At Shire Hoddle, he goes, 
the maxis you speak of don't exist and it's an invisible man with laser eyes yes the maxi doesn't exist and then just to put a pin on the topics we've been talking today shouts out to tony.hoddle or at stacking underscore sats underscore and he goes it's it's very fitting it looks like nick carter Mm. Anyway, why are you so stubborn? There's no way that Bitcoin will be the only crap. No, buy my shit coin. It's awesome. And then we got the Chad Bitcoin guy with the laser means to go shit coins are created to take your Bitcoin. No, how can you be so disgusting and vile? You're a dying breed. Re cry harder, bitch. <laughs> all right. All right. So here is my meme score for today. You guys saw me using it earlier. I got this orange lens cleaner. Very good. But guys, before I give the meme score, this is the meme review. We're doing it interactive because it's live, right? So give the meme a score. If you're new to the show, the scoring system is simple. You give it any object you could think of, put it in the chat, and force Opti and I to read it, and we will get very uncomfortable, especially since it's an uncomfortable score. That being said, N- Nico will get uncomfortable. I will laugh. <laughs> Opti will get Opti will laugh at Nico getting uncomfortable. So, yeah, give the score, give give the meme a score. Put it in the chat. That being said, I'm going to give it this purplish hair dryer. That has it looks like a crypto cloaks 3D printed ASIC vent miner. <laughs> is, is that how you get the wavy locks, Nico? Dude, honestly, they they just come. No, I never use this. This is my girlfriend's. But no, dude, it's weird. It's weird. So like when I take a shower, my hair gets super super straight. Um, yeah, it's it's very strange. It's very strange. Anyways, Michael Morrison gives it. I give these memes one button. Okay, one like button. Um, Luke Luco gives it Trump's mansion. <laughs> Very fitting for today. Um, Extremos, shout out to you, buddy. Um, I gave a pile of dirty laundry. Nico, oh oh, Nico dry hair with eggplant. Okay, and btc pins i give those views eighty-seven thousand irs agents oh man um a broken metal detector shisoka thank you thank you anyways good good memes good memes guys if you missed the live show put your score down in the comment section make sure to subscribe to us on alternative video platforms like rumble.com and bitcointv.com soon enough we will be live streaming the show to Bitcoin TV. Once I figure it out, bear with me. Becca, Becca, Becca gives the memes a case of Red Bull. Good. Overall, good, good, good memes. Good memes, guys. And of course, join our Telegram group. The link is down below. It literally takes 30 seconds. All you have to do is you click the link. It's free and you can hang out with all the plebs. You could link us Bitcoin memes to review. And then we'll review them on the meme review. It's a win-win for everybody. And of course, if you're on audio, oh, oh, Erna John says, no, I can't. You're right. I can't read that. I, I can't. Nico can't read. That, Dude, I, and hold on, Nico. To be fair, when I met him in person, he didn't even know how to read this. So shout <laughs> out to Eddie Rug. <laughs> any Rug, any Rug. Okay, genius name. 
absolutely love it. Um, but yeah, and of course, if you're listening to the audio version of this on Twitter Spaces from with our boy Jacob from Swan Bitcoin, and Opti will be there live. You can hear his rants in a little bit. Um, hopefully, Jacob speaks up a little bit more. I love it when Jacob talks. He has good takes. Um, yeah. So just stay tuned until after the show. But anyways, Softy, Softy, Opti, there was software release today. Let's check it out. Bitcoin software release. All right. The software release is sponsored by Cypher Safe. Don't store your seed on paper. Store your seed on metal. Paper is waterproof, not water prone. It's fire prone. Literally, a piece of paper will catch on fire if your dog, for some reason, is acting up. Literally, eat that piece of paper. Could you imagine stacking that Bitcoin for years and years, and literally you lose your seed because your dog ate your seed? That would that'd be terrible. That's why you got to store your seed on metal, and there's no other better place to do it than the cypher grid and the cypher wheel both made by cypher safe check out cyphersafe.io anyways opti what is the software release well, for i today? think you messed up because i have over here a, oh. a site by plebs oh sorry about that. that's guys. what we have in the show notes so this one's a little different as we said, we're gonna figure out Bitcoin TV, but we are plugging our friends Builders in Bitcoin on Bitcoin TV. Go check it out. They are dropping content and it's done by our boy at BitKite. So you already know, we support other f content creators out here because everyone is spreading the sound money gospel and this is what we're here to do. Any way possible to get the message out, we endorse this. There is 10 million ways to spread the orange pill signal. Anyways, make sure you listen to us on Google, Spotify, Anchor. And if you think we are providing you value, we will take your sats on Fountain App. Yep. And we awesome. love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. This has been an awesome day. Nico, roll this one out. We love you all. Before we go, I also want to give a shout out to our awesome clothing sponsor. RepresentLTD.com. They make some of the most comfortable Bitcoin merch. Look, Opti's wearing the Bitcoin shirt. I'm wearing the revolutionary camo. Represent. He's making Bitcoin merch. He's made Bitcoin merch, but it's all sold out. He's making simply Bitcoin merch too. You definitely want to go check it out. You can take advantage of the promo code down below to get 10% off. RepresentLTD.com. Guys, if you see me at the airport, I'm literally wearing this hoodie. It's not because they pay me, but because it's comfortable as fuck. Anyways, guys, that was our show. If you enjoyed our show, definitely consider hitting that like button. It really, really helps us. This is a live show, so you guys are going to see all the authentic mistakes, all the stumbles, but we're getting a little bit better as time goes by. I also want to give a shout out to Jacob from Swan that does this, the, the, the Twitter spaces. I also want to give a, a shout out to one of our researchers, um, Hans, thank you so much, brother. And we got a new member of Simply Bitcoin that's going to help us with the writing on simplybitcoin.com, Sats for Life. Stay tuned. We're going to be releasing some signal articles to kind of at least help you guys make sense of the clown world from the Bitcoiners' perspective. Guys, we love you all. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Simply Bitcoin. We will see you tomorrow. 
I will catch you guys later. Which one's the best crypto asset? Well, Bitcoin's the best crypto asset. Okay. What's the second best? There is no second best. <laughs>